live from Atlanta, Georgia. It's the Zap Ballinger Show, where we help you find your direction with passion and purpose. My name is Zap Ballinger. I am your host. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We're streaming live via YouTube. So if you'd like to check out the channel, ZapBallinger.com, all of our social media links are up there. Today's a very special episode. This is actually our 100th episode of our career library, and we have a really unique career to share with you guys today. Jeff, thank you so much for joining the show. Zach, thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. So I can barely pronounce your career, so I'm going to try it. Even it's, it's really cool, but it's an astrophysicist. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. So tell us about this career, because if I'm a high school student or a college student, I probably first don't know how to pronounce that. And second of all, what does all that entail? Well, I, I, the, you can see the astrophysicist and the physicist part to me is the bigger part of that, because a physicist really just at their nature and in their essence wants to figure out why do things work the way they do? Uh, I remember just a fascination with science demonstrations, figuring out why does this work this way? I figured out how to solve the Rubik's Cube when I was in middle school. Just understanding why things work, how they work, and what can we do with that? That's what a physicist does. So if there's something going on, the question is, why does this work the way it does? An astrophysicist is just someone who does that using telescopes to look out into the heavens. And so I've gotten to build various kinds of work on building various types of telescopes, to figure out what's going on out in the heavens. But, uh, you know, just so you got the astro part is looking out into the heavens. Physicist part is why do things work the way they do? And how did you find this type of career? How did you even know to major in this? That's what a lot of college students ask me. Like, how did you even stumble upon this career major? I've been interested in science for as long as I can remember. One of my earliest memories, and I was about three years old, uh, given where we lived, was sitting at the top of the stairs. My dad was downstairs in the basement. He was a chemistry professor at the local college, and he was giving this display of cool science stuff to a group that my brother was involved in. And, you know, I'd dip a ball in liquid nitrogen. You'd throw it on the wall, and it would shatter. He'd put chemicals together, and you get weird noises, cool smells, fascinating shapes, all sorts of stuff. So I've just been interested in science for as long as I can remember. And I was going to, and if I'm honest, I, I liked chemistry. I liked what my dad did. I thought, hey, I, I want to do that. I took two years of chemistry when I was in high school, and, I, and I, I loved it. But then I got to take a class in physics my senior year of high school. And for as much as I enjoyed chemistry, physics was just, this is awesome. <laughs> And so when I went to college, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a physics major. So that's what I studied. And I got a, a physics, a bachelor's in science and physics from Iowa State University. Nice. And then, so if a student's out there listening, what kind of career pathways can one go in with this type of degree? And typically, does it involve higher education after you complete it? As a general rule, yes. So one of the things that I love about a physics degree is that it teaches you how to think and solve problems. So uh, there are just numerous things where, you know, you want to figure out how long does it take the ball to get from the top of the hill down to the bottom of the hill. I mean, it's just intro physics type stuff that you get to do. But it's a whole series of, okay, here's the conditions, here's the problems, here's the relevant 
uh, physics that comes into this that you need to solve it? And how can I use that to solve an increasingly large number of problems and in fact, more and more complex problems? And so in a very real sense, a physics degree helps you to think and solve problems very practically. And that's a skill set that is very useful across a great number of things. I find my physics comes in when I was doing a remodel on my house. I was wiring up the house. And so I got done at uh, you know one about one o'clock in the morning and I've done all the wiring and connected everything up and my lights are on and I'm thinking, great. And then I realize, oh wait, the light switch is off. And so I throw the light switch and boom, circuit breaker trips. And I go back and I draw my circuit diagram and I'm like, ah, okay, that's where I messed it up. So it's a, it's a great tool for learning how to solve things. Now to go into a physics profession where you're teaching at a university or doing research at a, a lab or something, typically you do need an advanced degree. So either a master's or a, or a PhD at some level. Or if you want to take that training and go into somewhere else, you're going to need some schooling to go into economics or computer science so that you you take the problem solving skills you learn through your physics training, but then you can apply it into these other areas. You've just got to get some more information to know what is the environment those skills are going to use, how to use those skills in that new environment. And you answer my question to the T about what makes you passionate? What do you love about it? I mean, you can tell it's just exudes in, in the way you talk and you're excited about it, which that's exactly who we're looking for on this show. So, but there's got to be some downsides of every career. You know, um, we talk to a lot of different people and people have different perceptions of it. What are some of the challenges in your career field? I think one of the biggest challenges is learning how to have a balanced life. Uh, physics is a very time consuming, it's fun, but it's a very time consuming discipline. There's lots of hours that get put in, uh, you know, if you're going into a tenure track position at a university, for example, you've got to uh, graduate with an undergraduate degree that typically puts you up around 21, 22 years old. There's going to be about six years of graduate school, which is pretty intense in there. So that puts you late 20s. And then you're going to have then you're going to have a postdoc or two, which are, again, a lot of hours. You know, you're typically working 50 to 70 hours a week in those time frames. Um, then you've got, so you got a couple of postdocs and then you get a university position and that's about five, six years of working towards getting tenure. So just to get into the degree, it takes a long time and being able to have a good balance in there. Uh, you know, I got married when I was 22 years old, right before I started graduate school, I, I have five kids being able to find the time to do my physics, astrophysics career well and do my family well. And I'm also involved in my church and community. And so to doing all that, finding the time to do that well and have that balance is, it, it takes quite a bit of discipline to do that well. So I think that's, I found it fast or found it fun to do and enjoyable, but I found I had to really have my priorities in place or else I would just get caught up in all that needed to be done for the job. And then my, my well-balanced life would have suffered as a result of that. Gotcha. Thank you so much for answering that. That's a, it's a great answer. And it's definitely true. You can see that through the higher education path. Now you did touch on something that I want to revisit. Um, I always ask this question to every guest. You kind of hit on it, but let's go back. So when you were in third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, was there a career that you'd always dreamed about doing? 
I don't know that I would use the term dream, but I did. I looked at my dad. He was a college professor and, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. You don't have a real accurate perception. But my perception was, you know, he went to school. Uh, he did whatever he did. He got the summers off. You know, that's kind of a nice job. Got to do chemistry, which sounds fascinating. So I was just going to be a chemistry professor. Uh, realize there's a lot more to it that you, know, you get the summers off, but they don't pay you during those either. So, so there's a lot, lot more to that discussion, if you will. But I, I always assumed I was going to do some sort of science career simply because I just loved, I, I enjoyed learning about how things work. Uh, my folks took us on lots of vacations. And so we got to go see lots of the country, lots of the United States, and, you know, just learning how the Grand Canyon was formed and why the great sand dunes exist in southern or in Colorado and glaciers up in uh, Montana, why all that worked. It was just fascinating and I enjoyed it. So that was it was going to be something science related for lack of anything, any better knowledge. I assumed I was going to be a chemistry professor. No. And the reason I asked that, because it perfectly aligns with the show, is a lot of times when people are struggling and they say, Zach, I don't know what I want to do in life with my career. Sometimes you can look back on when you were in elementary school and the answer is right in your mirror and you don't even realize it. For example, you might have had a passion for teaching or a passion for mathematics or a passion for solving a problem. So there's always sometimes stuff in our background that can kind of show up. And you're a prime example of that. You're, you, you love science growing up. You kind of had this passion as a young student even and even a lot of people that maybe doing something else from what they dreamed of, being a police officer, a firefighter. There's something in their background that they always dreamed about doing, and it might be a skill or a, anything. That, so that's why I asked that question. So I appreciate your answer. Um, one of the questions I had is uh, a college student asked this uh, before the show, is if they're interested in physics as a degree, a bachelor's degree, and they're a sophomore in college, what advice would you give them? Will the first physics 101 class kind of decide if they like it? Or is there anything else they should do to kind of explore this major before actually committing to majoring in it? One of the things I would say, and I think this is true of almost every profession, or I would give this advice to almost anybody seeking to, any, to look into any profession, is go find people who are doing that profession and ask them what they do. Uh, you know, you, you get a sense of what a physics or what, how you solve physics problems in your introductory physics class. But what a physicist does is very different depending on the environment they live in. I know people who spend most of their day doing calculations on paper, trying to figure out how does this particular set of physics apply to this situation? I know people like myself who work in a lab, putting together equipment, trying to get the equipment to measure the thing we want to measure so that we get the physics result out. I know people who love writing computer programs to take all the copious amounts of data from certain types of instruments to get the physics out. I, I love that aspect of it as well. There are people who uh, you do, I know if you work at a university and you have a graduate group, you're managing the students who are there. So people like managing the students and helping them, helping the students mature and grow so that they can get the results out of the experiments. And so what I would say is go find people who are doing what you think 
you in a place you might like to be. You know, teaching at a university is different than doing research at a major lab, which is different than teaching at a four-year uh, college type of setting, which is different than teaching in high school, which is different than going off and working in economics or uh, computer science with a physics background. So go find people who are doing what you think you might like to do and ask them, what do they do? And ask yourself, do you would you enjoy doing this for the rest of your life or for most of your life? 100% agree. Absolutely. Now, let's say somebody followed you around for a day and it's different for different professionals. Like you said, uh, our days change from day to day. So it's really tough to kind of describe it. But let's say somebody did a perceptorship with you and they were doing virtual perceptorships. What would a day look like in the shoes of Jeff? It kind of depends, you know, as you said, it kind of depends. Uh, one, I wear two different hats. I, I work at an organization called Reasons to Believe, which looks looks at how science and the Christian faith work together. And so on a day where I'm doing that, they're going to see me reading in the scientific literature about discoveries that I think have a science faith connection. They're going to see me thinking about how to develop resources to encourage people to see how what we find scientifically and what we find as we study scripture, that they really do align well. They're going to see me going and speaking places and articulating uh, my investigations into, is there life out in the universe? And what about the multiverse? And does the universe have a beginning? And is artificial intelligence a threat to humanity? They're going to see me investigating, researching topics like that. If they follow me, on the days where I'm working at UCLA, where I'm working on a balloon experiment, where we're trying to figure out what in the world dark matter is, they're going to see me down in the lab putting equipment together to try and test our electronics boards to make sure that when we launch them up into the upper atmosphere uh, for 30 or 40 days, they work in the vacuum and the temperatures that they're going to experience up there. Or they might see me writing computer code to transfer the data and make sure it gets integrated well and gives us the science or the quantities we want so that we can extract science out. Or they might see me going down and actually putting the instrument together uh, or taking it apart after it falls down onto the ice down in Antarctica. So it really kind of depends. And that's, that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about my career is that I get to do lots of different things. Sometimes I get to work with the actual equipment and make it work. Sometimes I get to write computer code. Sometimes I have to write things up to either get funding for the research or to write the paper up. And sometimes I get to go talk and speak to people about it. So they're going to see lots of different things depending on which day they happen to get me doing work. Thanks for walking us through that. Um, you know, you can tell by your passion, you've been very successful in your career, but I think we all have setbacks in our career. And I try to talk to students about that. Everybody's going to either make a mistake or have a setback. Can you name a setback that happened during your career and um, how did you kind of overcome it? You know, I'm, I'm having, actually having trouble coming up with just one. I, I'll give uh, the one that immediately <laughs> pops to mind is our in my in my research that I do at UCLA, we have a website that allowed people to load stuff on. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a data repository so that people could see what was going on. And as I'm sitting over there working at uh, kind of later at night, I realize that our computer's about to fill up. I make kind of a rookie mistake and delete the operating system. Uh, it sounds stupid. It was like, I'm like, 
I look back on it the next day, I'm like, that was just incredibly stupid. And yet in the process of trying to solve it, I actually made the problem worse. If I had just come back at it with fresh eyes the next day, I'm like, ah, okay, here's how to fix that. I've already gotten it taken care of. But I ended up basically crashing the server, deleting all the data because there's this MySQL component to it. I got rid lost all that. And so all the images were there, but none of the connecting stuff that allowed it to be a useful site. And so, uh, you know, my boss was kind of upset with that. People in the collaboration were kind of upset with that. And I came in, you know, told my boss about it and, uh, you know, we kind of worked through it. And eventually it just came down to, all right, we need to figure out what it is to, take, to fix it. And, and what I've recognized in my journey through being a scientist, uh, and, I, and I remember talking to my dad about this, is that there's a lot of being a physicist that is just about perseverance. When the setback comes up, you step back and you say, all right, how do we solve this problem? How do we get there? And you work on that problem when we get that one solved or at least solved enough. Now you move on to the next one and you just keep persevering. And usually as you persevere long enough, you're going to get some sort of interesting result out of it. No, I 100% agree with you. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, you know, when people ask me that, sometimes I'm like, gee, what year? <laughs> because we all have them. And it's just, uh, I think some people see on the surface, oh, this is a great career. There's no bad days, but it's just not true. There's uh, setbacks for everybody. That's called life. So appreciate you sharing. Now, Jeff, we really appreciate you coming on, sharing us about this career field. I found it fascinating. Uh, just thanks for walking us through this. Now, you do have, um, if, if case people want to talk, talk to, you know, we've seen your title, Reasons to Believe. So talk to me a little bit about that or how do people get in touch with you outside of the show, things like that. So I do. My, my main job, uh, one that I would spend most of my time at, is working for an organization called Reasons to Believe. And there's this dominant narrative out in at least Western culture that somehow science and the Christian faith are antagonistic towards one another, that if you really engage in Christianity well, that's going to undermine the fabric of science. And if you, in, uh, the, the more we understand and learn about science, that's undermining the legitimacy of uh, the truth of Christianity. And what I found as I've looked at both and what I love about reasons to believe is that no matter where I've investigated, looked into what does the science have to say and what does Christianity have to say, I found that they really do corroborate and mutually affirm one another. By being a more mature Christian, I am a better scientist because I learn how to be more objective, how to see what's really critical and what's not and have an intuition about how the world works. As I learn about how this world works, I see more and more evidence that affirms the truth of Christianity. And so I find them working real well together. And I, I work at an organization where we're trying to tell people about that so that they can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. And if you want to go somewhere to investigate that more, go to reasons.org. That's our website. We've got large number of articles. There's books you can buy. There's talks you can watch. There's uh, DVD, you know, older technology, newer technology. There's podcasts that we produce that just talk about all the various things from evolution to uh, artificial intelligence to life in the universe to creating life in the lab to, uh, you know, how is Christianity good? 
all sorts of, or just an abundance of resources to help people see that we can look seriously at what Christianity has to say, look seriously at how the world works. And at the end of the day, they both align very, very well and help us have a deeper understanding of the truth of who God is and how he's revealed himself to us. And if you guys want to learn more about that or you're interested in what Jeff's talking about, we'll attach that into our show notes. But if you're listening to the audio version, one more time, Jeff, where can they go to, to what's the website again? The best place is reasons.org. So that's reasons, R-E-A-S-O-N-S.org. And I would also, if you prefer social media, all of our scholars have a social media influence. There's RTB underscore official. And then there's various scholars. There's a philosopher we have on staff. There's a biochemist, uh, another astrophysicist, uh, another philosopher, and, and numerous people in our scholar community that have disciplines or backgrounds in med medical and uh, psychology, all sorts of disciplines, really just trying to help, help equip people with resources. But reasons.org, or RTB underscore official on uh, social media. Gotcha, guys. So we'll put those into the comments and uh, the video. Like I said, they'll be in the show notes. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on and giving back your time, telling us a little bit about this interesting, fascinating career. And uh, thank you for the passion that, that you show in this. This is exactly what we're trying to do is to fit people into careers that they love. And you can tell by talking to you that you're very passionate about it. So thanks again for coming on. Well, thanks for the invitation. Uh, you're right. I do love what I get to do. and so grateful that God equipped me with the resources to do it and allow the path. And just uh, really enjoyed the opportunity to talk about it with you here today, Zach. Thank you. Guys, until next time, this is the Zach Ballinger Show.